Today's guests are Penelope, <laughs> Christopher, <laughs> and Pat. <laughs> oh my fuck. Welcome to Blackout of Sunrise, folks. Today's guests, yes, plural, guests are Cork longtime rockers, Hope is Noise, celebrating 10 years together as Hope is Noise and 17, t- 17 years as a bunch of lads playing music together. Lads, welcome. All right, man. How Individuals, Dan the Angry Romantic Breen, <laughs> Pat Parental Guidance Gillen, <laughs> Joel a Taxi Jolly. <laughs> and I had something down here. I had Louis Clean Shaven Jesus Angelini, but <laughs> he didn't even show up. <laughs> I also had Midday Prayer. I couldn't get away from the Angelus thing, so. <laughs> Louis Midday Prayer. Angelini. Anything, Joe? You'll have to go way closer. <laughs> unless, you, unless you don't want to talk. You can lie back if you want. So, lads, another milestone in your career as musicians. Ten years together. And this this interview is kind of ten years in the making, really. Is this, is this the high point? Like having rehearsed for ten years. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty special, isn't it? It just seems so rehearsed now at this stage, you know. <laughs> How's the ten years been, lads? Fast. Fast. Mm. What? What was the first inception of the band? Was it the the new Messiahs? Was it? No, we were oh. the Terranauts for a while. Terranauts. Terranauts. Was, was that the first? The, the first, first collection of you. Do we have another name before that? But it, there was same. Arcane. Arcane. Well, I don't know how long. I don't even. I Arcane think we played, Fire. We played one one gig. <laughs> I think the first gig was Arcane. Where was your first? Actually, I was thinking about this earlier. Where was your first gig? It's like some community hall. In Farron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we had three songs and we didn't know how to finish them. And like Louis, remember Louis wouldn't oh, look up. Wouldn't so the songs up. kept going on. The three of were just kind of, stop, stop. <laughs> and he was, oh jeez. When was that? Were you in school together? Were you? Uh, no, Gillen, you were ahead of us. Yeah, the three, three. 14 three years months. ahead of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to be a youth. I was actually the teacher, the science teacher. <laughs> I can't, I'm the same age as you. I think you're a few months older than me. <laughs> I'm actually, you're my old man, I think. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Papa Gillen. <laughs> but he is actually older than his dad. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Only, no, only, only just no. Just tonight. Yeah. The whole gallery is on tonight, actually, isn't he? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Did you ever try for a slot in the marquee for a, a support slot? They considered us too good. Really? <laughs> Did you have too much hair to get into the video? <laughs> it was considered a fire hazard. <laughs> yeah. That's what Stephen and the can do to you. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it's a hazard to fire. <laughs> <laughs> you should change your name to hazard to fire. <laughs> Oh, it's not even so last year. Yeah. So, uh, hey man, we've been last year for 10 years now. It's, yeah. uh, <laughs> Every year we've been last year for the last year. But yeah, you, so you're together. I remember you doing a 10 year tour or 10 year show in Fred's, which probably seven years ago now. But, and then you were like, oh yeah, we're together 10 years. And I was like, I thought you were together 10 years. <laughs> I suppose it's a bit ago. of a stretch thing. We're together 10 years. We've been playing roughly around each other for 10 years you yeah. know, but we haven't been hope is noise as hope is noise yeah, like, yeah. 10 years we're 17 years total joe's yeah. forgotten <laughs> i have 18 years 14 inside an engineering class that's for me decided to 
Yeah, what was the, what was the buzz? I was, I was at the Perspex bending machine down at the end. <laughs> and, and I, <laughs> the Perspex? What? <laughs> I was bending acrylic or Perspex, whatever you what want to call it. Do? And there was a hot wire machine where you're bending. And it's it, a it's, dream you had. No, no, not, not at all. I can Me and Dan are in the Perspex bending machine. I can vividly <laughs> remember. Dad walks in. Oh, he's and top I, falls I off. can vividly remember because when you're bending Perspex at 90 degrees, you actually have to bend it a bit beyond it so it'll snap back when it cools down. So... It was at one of those bending sessions we wanted <laughs> that, that um, Dan and me decided that we'd get electric guitars, you know? Yeah, yeah. Did you? Both got them for Christmas. Yeah. What was your first guitars? Honer. You know, those... Classic. Honer Fender types. Yeah. But Pat was the first one to have a good electric guitar. Mm. Yeah, another Honer. Out of coincidence. Very soon we were, very soon we were honing in on a new model. Oh! But it was me jamming with Pat in his bedroom. Um, yeah. With the guitar that I realised that I want to get a guitar too. And then I think I was talking to Joe about it and he said, yeah, I'm going to get a guitar. So we all had guitars. But Pat had no real interest in playing guitar. He wanted to do bass. Okay. So we... Because uh, he's got the Bin Shepherd thing going on. Those two less... Master strings, I found out. So. There was three yeah. at the last yeah, gig. Three, yeah, <laughs> Did it break? <laughs> I was looking going, that's killing only playing two. Yeah. So presidents of the USA. <laughs> so lazy. So basically, Pop played bass for, what was it, six months, a year, with a guitar. You know, so, but man, I can't remember, what was the first song we did? Oh, do you, Dan. Now, we wrote songs, but the first one we tried to, kind of cover which are uh, going out isn't it by Supergrass if you want to uh, go we trying to play it yeah. ourselves like you know that was one of the first things and then and we did kind of and then Louis joined yeah. and we did kind of overdubs with well you couldn't re- you couldn't at any stretch call them overdubs like just <laughs> two things at the opposite corners of the room recording <laughs> what was, be- oh, was disaster. <laughs> and I'd love to be a fly in the wall I was yeah I had a headphone as a mic and I had it like on my face, <laughs> <laughs> singing into the mic, That's or pure, singing into the pure bane. Yeah. Oh, it was tens yeah. of coming we around since last week. Can, like. you, can you even remember? <laughs> can you remember? <laughs> can you even remember those songs now? Yeah, yeah, it's like I actually have. Like Joe used to write them out. You know those manuscript? Yeah, yeah. And I, Joe used to write out the bass lines. Okay. For me, so I just go and practice. And he's, we actually, I found them a few years ago. We still have them. So the names of songs are still there. Really? Yeah, it was like, but uh, but they recorded. Cool we even found the recording. Remember the tape? We used to record yeah. them on a you know crappy yeah. ghetto blaster, and we found the tape. Nineteen ninety eight. Yeah. Ninety eight. Yeah, yeah that we did. So we're gonna we're gonna definitely put them out. We're gonna put them onto CD and throw them out on camp or something, and just go. You know. This is what. <laughs> this, this is, is what else. we did, but they're actually surprisingly not too bad. Yeah. You know, and that's coming from someone who's been playing. You know, since then, yeah. You know, and has played a lot of shit since then. <laughs> yeah, so, so you know, you single. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll kill the room. Well, that's it, man. You know, <laughs> Dad is walking. I will away. walk out. <laughs> this is your. The door's locked. First official one. Can I have the cups though, so I can have a cup of tea? <laughs> You're leaving. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Get yourself some cups for fuck's sake. How? What do you attribute your longevity to? Longevity in the band, that is like. Four buddies, yeah. I think that's because we're friends. I think that's the secret. We're just friends before, yeah. We're a band because it's hard to keep bands going, man. You know, know, is it easy for you? Like, is it that is it just normal for you? You know, at this stage to kind of go, uh, yeah, it's just it's just a part of your lives, you know. 
we've always done other things, you know. So it's never been, I say, if, we always say if we really wanted to take music that seriously and the band, uh, we'd say, right, to hell with everything else. We are all moving together. We live on beans and toast for three years and just jam, 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 jam. Like all the big bands that we know did like it. Yeah. But I say if we did that, we'd have probably evaporated. We do need kind of other things to be doing, yeah. you know, college, travel, you know, work, whatever. Just yeah, other life stuff. like Other life stuff, you yeah. know. Because you know, uh, like it's, it's a course being interested in a lot of things when you want to be successful in music, you know. Yeah. Because I'd crack up if that's all I had to do. And I know that the two lads probably would as well. You love it, but you go on tour and you're burnt out then, like, yeah. you know. So man, it's a tough life, isn't it? Being a touring musician, it's very tough. Oh, but, you, but you toured the states for a bit, didn't you? Yeah. Was that with Hostile Comeover? That's right. Yeah. Hostile Comeover, first time, second time. Then we did it ourselves. Yeah. And. Uh, oh, so you went twice, did you? Oh, we did it twice. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Two thousand seven, two thousand and eleven. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, great, man. They're really good. The first time was a, an absolute laugh. Really? But we bought 13 people with us or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was we crazy. Fucking entourage. It really was. It was like people were renting cars. We had, like, there'd be three, a convey, a convoy, three <laughs> like cars. We were, like the, were like the polyphonic spree rolling into town. <laughs> <laughs> but Seriously. the best thing with in terms of moving gear, man, there's always people there to move gear. The second time around, we brought nobody with us except our sound engineer and his friend from France. The two Frenchmen, so uh, they were gas, man. Yeah, they were brilliant. Yeah, you know, yeah, but we definitely learned a lot. Like, the first tour was like you know, like because like, we were playing with a band, like we knew what they're doing, following them. But like the bands we were playing with the first tour, like you know, there's like you know a lot of them were older as well. Like we thought we were kind of old. Yeah. But we went over there. The guys were similar. They thirties, forties, still mm. still touring, still playing, and they like, blew us off the stage every night. You know, but I, I think we got ideas with the sound as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. I think we came back off that tour, and anyway, our sound kind of got even slightly more noisier, probably aggressive. Okay. I think it was going that way anyway. Yeah. But I think we saw these bands and went, "Whoa." Yeah. You know, but even the second time we went back, it was on our own back. You know, so the bands we were playing with weren't as as good. Like maybe one or two nights, but um. The yeah. onus is all on us yeah. then to organize everything. Yeah. Also, oh, you you were well, the headline act of that tour. Yeah. Of that tour okay. on the sec on the first tour. Hostile Comor had everything I think pretty they gave much us organized. One night, didn't they? In yeah. um, no, but they organized everything. Oh, you know, yeah. in terms, yeah. there was no pressure. We just got in the back of the van and got back out when we were meant to get back out. That was it. Okay. You know, yeah. whereas the second time so it was on like the a phone, tour almost. <laughs> 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 the college tour, man. It was. Oh, it was great. No, it was brilliant though. Yeah. You know, and we got to stay in some cool houses and met some. Like we stayed in the guitarist from Red Fang. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. That that's the dream though isn't it you, yeah. you know when you're in a band because I suppose we all grew up listening to American music and you have that yeah. concept of like being on tour in the States you know and it's, and it's, 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 it's weird even though it was really scaled down and it was pub gigs and there was some some gigs we didn't there was one gig there was nobody there but it's exactly like I expected it for some reason was yeah. it G2 lads yeah, yeah it yeah. was a holiday like yeah. you know yeah. it was worse. like when else when you get to go on holidays with your three best friends and play music play music night, you yeah. know it's there's like a reason for it. it's not just lounging around by the pool getting pissed mm. we got pissed but we did other things too yeah you know <laughs> <laughs> i hope you played a few gigs did you yeah <laughs> yeah 17 no what was it 17 days and 11 gigs w would that be right does that sound right that's the yeah it was like or was that I the second it was like 17 gigs i think the first time and then yeah. the second time i was like 
11 or 12. It was 17 and yeah. 24 the first time, yeah. something like that. It was, yeah. it was fairly hectic. Yeah. <laughs> it's the driving that kills Ben's though, you know. Yeah. You read Chris Colahan did a book there when he was on tour, he called it Negative Space, and it's, it's a photo kind of diary of the negative space on tour, you know, the time when you're not playing music, you know, and there's so much of it, you know what I mean? But he said... That he was just there's an essay in the book and it just describes some of the scenes along the way and it's I'd say if you're at it all the time it could fucking kill you you know I don't know you need actually you need to be you need to be uh, probably at the right age it's like hurling sick football stroke you just need to be built for it and yeah and if you're not you'll burn out like you know or well, even start at an early age and become accustomed yeah. to it you know yeah well one one of the other good things that work for the four of us is our ability to know when person needs to be left alone mm, that's yeah. true. That's how we've always survived. I think that's why the four of us are, have remained in a band. We can go on tour together and we're still friends for... Mm. Like, I know Pat, what, 38 years? Mm. You know? I know Louis and Joe since I was 12, 13. Yeah. You know, so it's... The only reason you stay friends is you can read... We can read each other very well. So yeah. if someone's in a bad mood, you just kind of go... And then an hour later, come back, everything's happy, everything's in a good mood again, you know. Yeah. It's like anyone you know closely, like a, a tiny little flick of the eye means, sorry, can you just please leave me alone for 17 minutes? I just want to be alone and think. That's exactly what that little look means. And we know all those little looks now, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the looks that say, would you go age? Just <laughs> shut up. The seething that, anger look. every look. It's rare shut though up, you Joe. see Ben's, you know, like... Uh, Maybe Ben's like converging stuff. You know, they're together as the same bunch of four people for, sort of, God, probably as long as you or even longer. But it's rare you see Ben's stay together for that long, though, you know. But I, I think, I, I don't know what converged private life is, but I assume they're doing lots of other things. Yeah, they're doing, yeah, I mean, you know? lots of other stuff, yeah. You yeah. know, so it, they're not hanging around, the, you know, and that's the same with us. We've all been in other bands and we've all done other things and it's been, uh, we've come back to Hope Is Noise having learned things from these other bands and learning ideas, you know. And that's the main thing. We, we never stop learning, you know. Like, and uh, I think we'll keep... The, the, the first people we have to impress when we write a new song is ourselves, you know. If, if we don't like it, sure as hell, nobody else... In our, in our, in our mind, nobody else will like it. So, that, you know, once we, once we do that and we'll keep... I think we've often said we'll stop once we get bored. Mm. If we start writing songs, we're going... Jeez, that's fucking shite. You know, you know, we'll have a, a, a group burning ceremony over underpants or something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we'll all go and get Hope is Noise tattoos. Yeah, just make sure they're you know. fresh ones that you're burning. <laughs> <laughs> we might break here for a tune, actually. You're playing some tunes for us, aren't you? Oh, yeah, I'll give yeah. it a go. Really? What's yeah. first up? No stretchers? Yeah, right, both, though, yeah. Cool, cool. Let you in 
I saw you It was clear There's no difference Being here And it's funny A live taste With no stretch marks It just breaks All I do is let you in and run away from everything. How many times must I be told? You cannot sell what can't be sold. album on the way lads 40 is, is this the fo- well oh yeah what was the last one so that's kind of a question everyone a la- asks this used to be a laugh yeah 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 I kind of saw that as an EP though wasn't it was there how many well, it's, it's, it was still 35 minutes was it mm, it's as, as long as our I first album to, I only listened to four so I thought <laughs> <it was deep. laughs> that's uh, official warning number two <laughs> <laughs> You've got five, and I will. Really? I will either walk out or go for you. <laughs> just, just let's just leave that there. Okay. Can we be friends? Can we be civil? <laughs> we can be. So something. fourth album on the way. What's it going? Oh, it's I from here with love. Is that the name of the album? No, that's just the name of the song. Okay. Okay. What's the name of the album going to be? 
So what's your sure? No. Mm. Oh, give me an exclusive. John Denver's greatest hit. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas anthology party. <laughs> Sorry, party tunes. Though. How many tunes are going to be on the album, actually? A time to read. <laughs> <laughs> They should get, like they just said that they sh- they're going to give up when they're bored of it. What about when we're bored of them? Would they not consider? Well, that it? happened ten years ago, didn't it? I did pretty much ten. Yeah. yeah. People are still going to your shows though, even though you're. <laughs> no, people are at our shows when we're playing. <laughs> I haven't seen you in ages. I took a break from you for a while, but. It's- <laughs> Uh, official warning number three. <laughs> number three. You have five. Remember, oh, really? just I've got five. a plan. My next. Oh, do you go on the fifth or is it? No, the fifth, and then we're heading. We're heading into sudden death territory. <laughs> yeah, I was planning my next two. <laughs> oh, what was I talking about? Oh yeah, the gig in France. Man, the sound was fucking savage in there. It was great in there. Yeah, 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 we. Really... I was blown away. I was like, what the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> We were saying the exact same thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was yeah. incredible. Best I've ever heard it in there. Man, it was and that goes for all the bands. Like even, so I only heard Terrier Soundcheck I took away, but it was, the sound was just as... And the sound was savage for Terrier. Yeah, but the, it was, it was the best I've ever heard of. Because like, yeah. there was even, I want to say three guitars, two basses, <laughs> and two vocalists. Was it? Yeah. And everything yeah. came through. Mm-hmm. Who's, what's the name of the lad doing sound in there? Pavel. Pavel, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. He's got a fucking nail for it. does, yeah. Yeah. But what I liked about the night as well, there was a good old school Fred's vibe, you know, good laugh. Totally, yeah. I remember when we first started, that was, we used to love playing Fred's because the gigs might not always be brilliant, but the laugh was just, you know, there'd be good jokes, good banter afterwards, Mm. heckling, Heckling, the whole, you know, that kind of. Like a comedy show. Yeah. Yeah. Comedy show, music, like it used to be, you know. um, Was there a reason why you called the third album, This Used to Be a Laugh? Were you getting bored or was it just? I think that's, that's pretty much. Jesus, that's yeah. I think so. Yeah. Not bored at the band, but bored with just same old turning up to gigs, playing to uninterested people. Yeah. Um, Apathy, man. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> you know. Killer. And I, I think that's that's the way I was feeling towards the band, probably in a way, in terms of like, what are we doing it for? Like, you know. Yeah. Um, at the time, you you all had other stuff going on as well, like slow motion. There was slug bait and Cortex hadn't started. Day, that day. Yeah, was no. soon after that. I'd was say, soon yeah. after that. Mm. Well, did you did you at any point go fuck? Maybe this is no, no never, no. And but see, that's what that's what the album was. We we say no, you know, we kind of go. There's elements of the album we really like, and yeah. there's other elements we're not such a big fans of. But yeah. it was cathartic for us. Okay. It was definitely cathartic for me. You know, just getting that yeah. kind of out. I know this last couple of years since then. Um, you need that blowout, don't you? And sense, I think that's what it was. Like, <coughs> we didn't really care. Well, I certainly didn't. If anyone else liked it, I didn't yeah. even feel that pushed about pushing it. You Sleeping know? Dogs Lie is a killer tune, though. Yeah, that's that's probably the best song on it. I would say, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but we had no Lynch working it with us then, <coughs> yeah. and you know, no spot on when it comes to arrangements and stuff. You know, yeah. so uh, we learned a lot from that process. He's gonna make it sound fucking heavy and ballsy as well. Yeah, exactly. Oh, noisy. Um, yeah, and then I think we did lose. I think like my main concern with that was like the vocals yeah. that Dan always had. Like we always did a lot of harmonies and stuff, yeah. which we didn't really do. And that and even the bass sound was like all I play that whole 
and distortion to the whole. Okay. okay. So like we got a read that rumbly sound. So this one we thought bring back the old. You got to bring back a bit of space, like. Yeah, well, just I think the vocals <coughs> were kind of concert back. What I think what people really liked mm. about like Dan's voice at the time, yeah. and like you know the lyrics that we had as well. Like so, I think we're going to bring that element back. Yeah. And the stuff we learned. I think that, that was your strongest fucking yeah. attribute, really, was the melody. Well, like mm. the first, um, the first two albums were like really melodic, but like re- every tune was really memorable. You know. Yeah. Like, well, under friendly fire. That was the second that was album. A fucking savage album. Cheers, man. Nice one. Mm. But the first album, it took three years to write, you yeah, know. Yeah. We had time to work on those songs yeah. and work on those arrangements. I had plenty of time to work on lyrics, you know. Well, I suppose at the time, you're just probably writing songs, you know, to play. You're like, oh, and then you have a bunch of songs. You go, oh, yeah, I'll record these. Now. <coughs> well, the hardest thing I found since, um, like, the first album was pretty much written out of angst. Leaving one serious relationship and starting another one and the, the various shit that goes <coughs> along with that. Yeah. But since then, I've been, I've been in a pretty happy and serious relationship for 11 years now it's very hard to find yeah it's very hard to find something angry to write about you know so the second album I I, I do end up turning more political and you know as political as I will get like Um, but in the this new album no I think the sound of it even yeah yeah there was a fierce aggression yeah. in that album. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. yeah. Dan, even Dan's vocal that time. You know, Did Rockstone pick up one of the tunes on that? Yeah. Peace and Quiet. Peace yeah, and yeah. Quiet, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, Rockstone, we're big fans of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, we're about as good at PR as we are at, you know, ballet, so. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. I've seen Pat shuffle on the floor. He's <laughs> not bad. He's no Rudolf Nureyev, though. <laughs> but oh. we, we, we probably, well, I, 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 we felt, well, I, I felt that the first album was too soft, you know, and that's not what we were live. So definitely the second album was, a, there was a definite, you know. But with each album, we've got more comfortable in our skin. Yeah. You know? each, each album we've learned Can't something from. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we've learned something new from each album. And, you know, uh, hopefully now this one will kind of be the culmination of. Of all the efforts through the 17 years yeah yeah, yeah. hopefully hopefully <laughs> it'll be terrible if you li- listen back to the tape from your earliest recordings and go wait a minute this is actually way better <laughs> <laughs> we reached our peak <laughs> we should have quit 17 years ago we peaked on take 3 of the very first album <laughs> that was a cover of Sweet Child of Mine was it? <laughs> yeah, and we just left out the start riff because we weren't good enough to play it. but the chords are there <laughs> When is the album so? When is, is it all recorded? Is it? Uh, we have three songs fully done, three song, four songs music done. We need to do vocals, and we set it to record another probably two, three songs. Okay. Um, we would be hoping the end of the year. We're looking at October. Okay. You know. As a FIFA Records, is it has come out FIFA. We're that would be the plan, but there's nothing. Okay. Are, are they a Cork based label? Are they? What's the story? They are. They handle mainly Cork bands, okay. but they're more, uh, I would say, a facilitating label. You know, in okay. terms of they'll give you a platform to release your music, mm. um, but they're not a label per se. That you know, um, like you would think of an old-fashioned yeah. label. They're it's more a DIY label, like. But you know, it, it's as I said, it's more facilitating. It, it's not really DIY. Like for example, if you know Discord uh, came in tomorrow and said, "Look, lads." move over to DC and join us, we'd probably all, well, Pat and I would definitely faint. <laughs> but uh, FIFA would just go, that's fine. 
off you go there's no contracts there's no kind oh, yeah, of, you yeah. know there's no it's just it's just facilitates a platform to release out and you know we can attach our name to them and they attach their name to us and it's a way of just getting you know and no one else is doing it in cork like you know um rimbowed records brought out our first album and mm. slint and go and but like they're you know they're very expensive and mm. you know even something that is liked our first album didn't sell you know mm. enough to cover costs you know really you know that's the uh, issue man you, it's almost yeah. like you have to sell your soul for the fucking even the 10 years to mm. kind of you know put everything and every penny into it to to make it almost like a job or whatever or fucking financially viable in a sense but I think it's legacy now I think that's what we're striving for that mm. our grandchildren can look us up on the internet and they'll go that's pretty cool yeah. you know um, yeah like the amount of money we actually spent on it over the years just proves it was never about yeah. money no, at all never. ever ever yeah. no. and that's what happens to a lot of young bands now they kind of get into it and they're um, anyone who tries to get into music for money they're on a Wasting losing it. losing game you know mm. some people do make money depending what aspects you want to go in if you want to go into cover bands but original music mm. it's, it's one in a billion like, I'd even stick my neck it. out and say it, it would be easier for someone to go away not saying just go on their laptop because that, that's putting the whole art down but someone to go away on their laptop have a good idea and actually make a killing from it full creative control if you got a spark you could probably do it you know mm -hmm. on your own it's it's harder as a band because as a band you have to tour you have to tour you know because like, nobody buys stuff anymore no. so that's not one way to not make money yeah. you just have to be but some bands are on the road because illegal downloads of cripple bands in some regard like that they almost have to gig to try and sell like to get out there and sell a product that mm. they can yeah huge bands yeah have to do the yeah. national yeah. bands have to do it like yeah, the likes of U2s and Coldplay's and all them mm. yeah but then look at the return on a very small little in, not yeah. small investment but small chunk of time like yeah. they do a month of stadiums and they're rolling in it again yeah, like yeah, you know yeah. but you even look at the Mastodon when they, they played this way fucking cost of the merch was I think it was 80 quid for a hoodie or something what yeah man crazy like yes. you'd need seven of them would you but you get extra muscly warning one I only give three right <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna pick mine can we cancel out so am I back to no get... you're still three <laughs> what was the next brilliant question I was gonna ask you <laughs> so how does the writing process work for you do you go in and go, I've written a song, I'm talking to you then, and go, play exactly how I want it. <laughs> do you, are you a controlling bastard? No, I generally go <laughs> <Number> in. <four>. <laughs> <laughs> um, I usually start the songwriting process by getting the lads in a huddle. Okay. And we start chanting, you know, and then we go back to our instruments. Do you oh, put on your iPod honeys then? Yeah, yeah. IPo. <laughs> But I, I like them to get to the, know their instruments for about 10 minutes. Okay. Joe's, you know, sometimes gets naked. Louis definitely just that, rubs his we, arse on the snare. And we've got know. some Ronson's tree in one oil. Or no, yeah. that's wood stain. We use yeah. that sometimes. <laughs> but it's actually the, the tree in one lubricating oil for just the fretboards and stuff. That's yeah. it. Just yes. get into it. WD 40. Yeah. Um, Water displacement 40. No, 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 no. No. I won't lie anymore. <laughs> we actually. Please do. We actually bring in a band of dwarfs. <laughs> and they come in and they kind of you know inspire us do you just leave your instruments out for them and we kind of feed them what 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 do you mean by that now 
<laughs> oh, no, like your, your musical instruments. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Our little. What, what our did little, you think our, I meant? Our little tiny mandolins and things. <laughs> and the song you come in and it's done. And it's our piccolos. Done. It's just written. All the music is written out for us. Nice. Now generally I write it at home. So maybe the dwarves are making all the money. Maybe that's where yeah, your problem yeah. is. Yeah, we're we're certainly not making it. <laughs> Some rich, rich ass dwarves got out of place. <laughs> Those fools keep leaving their instruments out. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> how do you write the fucking songs? Back to the fucking question. All I wanted was like, well, I write the lyrics, and then Pat comes in and does this. But no. Basically, I write them at home on an acoustic. Okay. Um, probably your own. Do you wear clothes? Only on Wednesdays. <laughs> I write about seventy-five to eighty, maybe sometimes a hundred percent of songs, but generally it's mainly kind of seventy percent. And then <laughs> the lads, we work it out between us. You know, okay. I, I never write the parts for anyone else. I just yeah, write yeah. basically the, the rhythm and the vocals. That's yeah. pretty much. And then uh, sometimes it's hard to finish out a tune. You know, I find it hard sometimes. You'd have a load of riffs and go, where does this go? No, you need, yeah. you know, you need that. You need like Pat has always been our shit filter. You know, we generally call Pat our shit filter. So if we, if I write a riff, I look over. I'm Pat. gonna change your nickname from parental guidance <laughs> to shit filter. Appreciate it. Put on your shit filter and kick some shit. So if we're writing a new tune, I look, first person I look over to is, is is Pat. Okay. And you can tell straight away by his facial expression. You know, if he likes it, he's kind of doing. If he if he likes, it, he's doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nodding. Yeah. Okay. And if if he doesn't, he's kind of doing this. Yeah. <laughs> Not really wanting to make eye contact. Because oh, yeah. he's, he's embarrassed for you. <laughs> he's like, I can't believe you came up with it's that. Yeah, it's just eye lasers. <laughs> I'm trying to avoid the eye lasers. <laughs> I jammed with you once for that album release, and I was like, Jesus, Dan is a feisty little individual in the jack room. I was like, No, that's I remember really. you played, actually, you were playing a song, a really old one, and you, you were like, Come on, lad, we've written a song. We need to know. I can see Pat going Oh I'm used to this <laughs> No I rarely do that That's why I call you The angry romantic I get I, I get pissed off When you know We play a song Let's say we've been Playing it for five years And we go to play it Two or three times And the same mistakes Are being made And I just go Jesus it's our song Fucking play it You know yeah. But uh, It's always like You know that bit In Father Ted And then my lovely heart She's hold on I can get this bit yeah. mm. <laughs> I, I can get it Clang <laughs> There's one of those in every song with all those guys. That's how you were stressed anyway th- that time. Oh, I was very that stressed was that day. Yeah. Yeah. But you were playing it brilliantly. And they're the two feckin' idiots, you know, messing it up. And I was like, Jesus <laughs> Christ, it's our song. <laughs> you did look scared, right, Kieran? I remember you told me that time. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I think time, Dan Kieran is still here. <laughs> He's listening. <laughs> it was like an insight. It's got in the book. Yeah. Chapter 7, The Hope is Life. The Hope is Life's Month. <laughs> what was my next reading? But once I have question? the 70% of the track together, we arrange it, all of us. And then Joe... Joe and Pat generally were right between them. Surprisingly, Joe, um, for a guy who would never have been a, a metaler, he always writes probably the heaviest stuff. Like, really? Yeah. Because yeah. you're a pi- you're a piano player first, are you, Joe? I so to be more natural, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, you start with something when you're young, and it's your first instrument. You're more comfortable with it. it. It's what you think of when you play guitar. You think of the little blacks and whites, and then you translate them to the frets. You know. Really? Yeah. I tried the piano for a bit, and I was like. Because I think in purely in guitar mode now, you know, I'm like, mm. 
doesn't make sense to me at all, man. You know, mm, do you know, I'm, if he transports a card from G to fucking A, it's just like I just go. But there's 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 <laughs> thousands of people out there who who show, did piano lessons, but mm. it's it's the most rigid. Um, I like it's formally what you're learning is you're learning how to hop, skip, and jump. You're learning how to the perfect golf swing. You're you're learning technique. Like you're not mm. you're not learning how to have an ear or you know somebody actually who sits down all day and hears A and says. Right, I'm gonna find A in my piano, and that's all he does. Does a does a note every day. It would be would be, would have more fun with the piano than somebody yeah. I think who's, who learns by rota. You know, it's just it's yeah. I remember talking to a guy actually. I went to school years ago, and he was studying. Um, I think it was classical piano. Hmm. And he could play like fucking hard tunes, but he couldn't jam. You know, he'd be like, yeah. oh yeah, let's play a blues riff there. Like, <coughs> I know, like, no concept of jamming. Yeah. Well, there was there was fellas we knew who used to turn up at our gaff a few yeah. times, or guitarists we knew from our school. They were seriously good guitarists. Like. There's like it always get the impression that you feel like a roll a tab into their arse and it would roll out through them and they just spit it out while the tab's <laughs> rolling through them like an old punch piano, you know. And then once the tab's gone, they're dead again. Like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's you, a good analogy. Actually. Yeah, you throw them an original riff like yeah. the what we used to from the very start. We always yeah. did original stuff because I think we found it too hard to do other yeah. people's yeah, stuff. So we might as well do our own. I think it got a bit boring as well, didn't it? Mm. You know, playing like the covers. It, it like, does, I think, like. And like you're there with a new romantic group, I love you, baby. And somebody's going, Dan, Dan, Dan. And he's like, smoke and water doesn't work there. Like, And we did know people like that, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. That, 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 you know, never got out of the, of learning the perfect solo, let's say, Hotel California. Yeah. And learning both parts. Yeah. That you can never play together. Yeah, I know. Or it's the people like, who, learn, who learn a song rigidly from a tab, but then pay no attention to the rhythm you know <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. like oh yeah you can do you're doing the notes but it doesn't make any sense whatsoever like w- w- Hope's Noise are s- we're as about as we're about as rigid as you know an easy single or something you know <laughs> which we're not like yeah. Diddy Sausage yeah we're <laughs> just cooked. we feel cooked. we feel it you know and, and that generally when we write a tune it's mm. for example if we turned up one day jamming and we're all in bad mood the riff that I might bring to the jam that day will come out a certain way. It'll come out angrier, it'll come out whatever. If we're all in a good mood, or a kind of, you know, less angry mood, it'll come out a different way. It's, it, it, we never kind of go, right, it needs to be A, G, F minor yeah, here. Yeah, this yeah. kind of stuff, that's the way no. the song was written. Actually, in the no, mood the notes time. are very ra- rarely mentioned no, at all. No, never really. use notes. No. No. It's a big cra- if someone asked me, what note are you playing, I'd go, that one. Can't <laughs> <laughs> you not see my hand, you fool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was actually going to ask you what motivates you to write tunes, but yeah, it's kind of like the same for. It's just riffs, like yeah, you know. It's just riffs, like you know. Yeah. Like somebody a, comes in, they put you put your finger in a position, and you just hit something, and then down. Do that again. Down, down. Yeah, exactly. Like we write our so best hackneyed, isn't it? We write do it again. We write our best riffs at the start of jams. Yeah, yeah. A lot of our riffs come from we just Joe would try something, Pat would play something, and we all just mess along. Mm. And if it just clicks at one point, we go right. There's a riff. We'll use that, and we'll yeah. work on that, mm. or. Most of the time we forget them, but mm. like we would, if we aren't not jamming for gigs and stuff, we would p- pretty much write a a, a, a song, a, a, a jam, like you know. Yeah. We'd have forgotten it by the next day, mm. but at least for that two hours or in there. But you can record things now on your iPhones and stuff, so it's like you know, <laughs> you can listen back to them, you know. And then you can put on your head pahonies. You can and listen back. Brilliant, brilliant idea. Yeah. <laughs> We'll take a break there, lads. We'll have another cup of tea or something.
Joe forgot to put on his headphones. <laughs> <laughs> he was too busy eating <laughs> guacamole. <laughs> his hobnob is tasty. <laughs> These biscuits are not <laughs> Should I broadcast this? What was my next really interesting question? No. Warning two. <laughs> so. I'm so looking forward to kicking your ass. <laughs> will you move in closer to the fucking mic? <laughs> Sorry. You'll have bad backs from slouching. Oh my god. I didn't know my mom was doing the interview. <laughs> Warning two. <laughs> Warning <Does your> two point <laughs> one. Does your mom look like me? <laughs> that would explain things. <laughs> Antarctic elbows, by the way. Your elbows. Yeah, that's it. That's it Photo Island yeah. forearm right there. Yeah, the, on Friday night his elbow was coming down onto my face, and I just it, it looked the exact shape of the Arctic. So I was just like, <laughs> you just said Antarctic there while ago. Or an Antarctic, sorry. They're, they're polar opposites. Oh my god! <laughs> Welcome to the Science Hour. Hope is not. Welcome to this on WKLMF FM, the place that plays none of the hits, none of the time. <laughs> how well was that the that second album, or how well were the albums received? In terms of, did you get much notoriety from like hot press or any of these? The the first first album did like uh, I think and not only I think because like Eamon from Rainbow Records, he had a lot of uh, you know contacts. So like there was a lot of like reviews even from American like if, um, zines and stuff like that. Okay. Like uh, like yeah, hot press gave us and the Rock Zone took it. You know, gave a good interview yeah. or a review of it. Uh, the second album. Not as much, I thought. You know, like Rock Song, I think it was probably the best one we got out of it. Mm. But uh, I think interest as such, I don't think was as strong. Was there interest the nationally? Look, did, 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 you, did you tour it in Ireland? We did. But our major mm. problem uh, at the start when we kind of did that first album mm. um, was our inconsistency live, you know. Okay. Depending on what mood we were in or how well we had practised you'd get the resulting gig if we were terrible mood crap sound didn't know the songs mm. like you're you talking know? about a band at that stage it would be literally high-fiving each other if we were in any way close to tight you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah we, we even even on the second album no we see progressively we've got more serious about it but like we say we've been playing together 17 years but like what it took us 16 years to get a tuner. I think the, Ameri the American tour, <laughs> I think the American tour in 2007, that was an eye-opener eye in every way in terms of songwriting, in terms of, oh geez, I don't have to give this up when I'm 30 because these old lads are out there still doing it at 38. And you can be more relaxed about what you play. It doesn't have to be note perfect. You know, you can mm. write stuff with a bit more edge in it. It was such an eye-opener. Yeah, like, yeah. You know? So, I suppose... Yeah, it like, became like easier and we became tighter, you know. But we like got, we has, you know, me and Dan often talk about it, but I think we got a lot of our opportunities at the very start when we weren't great live. Mm. You know, like, I mean, everyone knows like, I make a lot of mistakes, you know, because I was, you know, maybe out of nerves or just, you know, no, man. too many points. No, no, no. It was, <laughs> it was our album launch in Cypress Avenue. <laughs> yeah, kind of, I was actually just thinking about that. <laughs> yeah, it, it, summed, it summed us up. We were more interested in having a laugh and getting the crowd yeah. just 
entertaining the crowd rather than playing the songs. And anyone who would have probably come to see the songs would have probably left a bit disappointed because... Um, I thought it was awesome. I thought to get thrown was, out of your own gig, Pat. I was like, that's that, that's what it's meant to be about. But there's a great <laughs> photo. It's punk as fuck. Well, yeah, we, we loved it, you know, but mm. in terms of answering your question about taking serious or wearing, you know, we, we've never really played outside of Cork that much. Galway have been very good to us. Mm. You know, Tebs and Anna and various other bands up there have been great over the years. Ray Wingnut. Uh, There's Limerick. a new crowd up there, no feast as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah we played one gig. Sort of, yeah. We played one gig a uh, couple of, uh, what's it, last year? Mm. Yeah, uh, they're good lads, actually. They are. Yeah. But no, they're doing. when we started taking it really seriously, again, like, as I said, that uh, Joe was right, that tour in America, just we realised we had to pull up our socks. Yeah. Uh, it was actually one of the entourage who was kind of travelling with us that night. Uh, it was at the gig. Um, he kind of came over to, after the first night and he said, you're going to have to concentrate on playing and stop throwing yourselves around the place, you know, because the standard between Hostile Home Over and us mm. was like, live was phenomenal. You know, there was a, it was a big, you know, but gradually as that tour, you know, they were still always a much tighter and much more um, better live band, but we, we, we learned a lot from that and we, mm. we, we kind of, over that tour, we got, we took it each gig more and more serious that, I suppose wasn't. when you see bands like uh, you know, at the driving maybe and Dillinger Escape and they throw they throw themselves around like fucking maniacs, mm. but they still hit the fucking notes. You yeah. Know? yeah. And I suppose people want that. You know, they're like they're waiting for a bit in the tune that they love, and if you don't hit it, it's gonna leave you with a sore taste in your mouth. Like you know. Mm. Yeah. 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 But I think once we calm down a bit and uh, concentrate more on the songs, then it kind of coincided with the music scene in Ireland, in the places like Limerick. Um, like we played more gigs in Dublin as the new Messiahs than we ever have as Hope is Nice really yeah I think just, yeah I think we were up there every couple of months we were up there yeah really the new yeah, Messiahs yeah. there were like, just opportunities and there, we were being asked yeah um, is it a changing environment no the gig culture in Ireland or is it it's hard to say I, yeah. th I think that you know venues are looking at original music bands much more different now um, it's also very like we often found it difficult in Dublin for probably we often say it's, it's probably the reason we were too heavy for the pop crowd mm. and too poppy for the metal crowd because mm. if you're a good metal band you know you, it, it, it's almost easier I think to be in a metal band in Ireland than it is to be in a kind of a, mm. an alternative mm. melodic-ish okay. post-rock type band because mm. metal has the dedicated fan base but for rock music there's so many bands out there doing it and it's also that the the audience is m much more fickle you know? yeah, but no com com compared to gig going public of now compared to even the gig going public of 10 eight years ago the totally different technology they're using totally different it's of course yeah. it's going to be different like you know the nothing can surprise people like that we're the same nothing you read on facebook surprises you it's it's that it's that culture you were talking about it just um during a break earlier that like you know there's so many bands that you can't possibly or you sorry every day you can find 10 new bands to listen to and uh, it's a matter for you to filter them out so if you're being bombarded with that level of it yeah i think some i've read someone that uh, it's the, the youtube or culture you know that people are going to gigs and almost looking at a gig like they're watching it on youtube so it's kind of like 
maybe they don't take as much interest in it either because you go, oh, sure, I can catch this on YouTube tomorrow or whatever, you know. And, and you can see even like the Mastodon gig, mm. the amount of people there, and like, will they go to the next gig in Fred's mm. the week after? No way. No. You know, because I think there's that's still, you know, there's opinion like of local bands can't be that good. Yeah. You know, like I know guys. I don't know like, why a local band didn't even get that slot. I, man, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know either. But because, uh, like, I know guys in work, like you know, big metal fans or hardcore fans, or whatever. Mm. And like, I'll tell them, oh, gig up in Bradley's, gig in Fred's. Mm. They won't go to it. And you mm. know, oh yeah, but they won't go because they know it. Oh, that's a local band, so they're not going to be as good. Mm. But like, you know, it's like that's that the mentality you're dealing with. The like Bruce, all the time. the Bruce Springsteen gig there, you mm. know. Like so many people went to the Bruce Springsteen and were like, "Yeah, we're going to a concert," and you're like, mm. "Well, fuck, I won't go. You won't probably go to a gig for another two years until yeah. Bruce comes back." You know, yeah, it's a two so gigs like, a year. People, you, you could play in these people's front room and they won't come down the stairs to see you. Yeah, mm. um, I would then. <laughs> no, well, I, no, no, I'd come upstairs and play for you. If I was already downstairs. Would you still go upstairs? <laughs> we could play a little game. No, I might go outside. <laughs> I'm going upstairs. You stay there. <laughs> Probably easier to get away with being in a metal band. Yeah, you know, like no, but there's a big riff. scene. No. There's no hiding in in melody, though. You know, you know, I, like if you're depending on your melody and your hooks oh, yeah. and. There's no hiding. If it's either fucking, it either catches you or it doesn't. I suppose a heavy riff has energy or something that people can kind of. But they also have. A, there's a great scene, you know. There's, they have, um, how many online blogs and you know if, yeah. if you're into music like we're into, there's no kind of you can't go on and go, here's. You know, I don't know what how you describe it. It's alternative music. There, it's it's mm. just but with metal, I say you've Metal Ireland. Mm. Um, not only that look look what happened on each your face that time they, they got a, a guy over in Holland loved them and immediately they were able to just transplant themselves over into the Dutch scene and get cello crows there and play to you know do you know what I mean it's much more transferable and it's, in, and it's international that kind of community you're talking about you know whose phones are going that's mine Whereas there's no international community of lads who Are like corpus record, noise. Are you going to here now because we'll be giving out about your, your lack oh, of professionalism. Yeah, it's, it's still recording. Fucking hell. So Dan, tell us about the first time that you ever broke a string. <laughs> I was two. I was having a wank. <laughs> your, your banjo string. <laughs> oh yeah, so heavy music. I was yeah. watching Bosco. <laughs> Philip. <laughs> no, who's the one with the long hair? Bosco. <laughs> <laughs> she always, no. There was Gronya. Gronya had the curly hair. Mm. Frank had the beard. He looked like Frank he was too, the eighties hipster. I think mm. that's true. Yeah. Yeah. And then you Philip, the real tall guy. He was Philip, who uh, whose hair was always off camera because just so he was Jonathan. tall. Remember, he was a kind of Jonathan. No. It's kind of gruff guy. Yeah. yeah. He was like George, the, he was like like inspiration, <laughs> he was like the George Clooney of Bosco. Really. <laughs> like, Jonathan's on today. <laughs> Half two in the day, wasn't it, Bosco? Twice a day. Came on before that as well. Yeah, I came on about, I think it was about 12, and then I came back on again half two. Yeah. You were old as well. Surely you remember the time when RT2 started at five o'clock in the day. <laughs> I do. Do you yeah, remember? I do. Yeah. Was that when it was Network 2? It's no, it's network 2 it was RT2 it was RT2 and then it was Network 2 then it went back 
Actually, Actually, I was going to call you Joe Maxi Jolly. You know, oh, like, Joe, Maxie. Joe Maxie? Maxie, yeah. And, but I thought I'd be lost in my very young audience. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> Extremely well, plastic young. orange on a Friday then. Remember? That was yeah. a great music show. And Padjo's junk box on the Saturday. Yeah. Padjo. And for... Do you remember the end? Remember oh, the end? Yeah. that was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, that was That's brilliant. where I first saw the Tracy Ullman show and uh, with the Simpsons, oh. and they also did the um, the cartoon, the critic. Remember the critic? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that, that was, was brilliant. I remember well. they did a version of Peg, and it was the only reason. <laughs> yeah. I was like. Oh, so that's what it's about. It's the end of fucking clue. Yeah, I guess when she was born and she was still an old lady in the front. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what they used to show as well? They used to show, you know, Dawn French and and um, Jennifer Saunders, the famous five um, spoofs oh, yeah. that they did. Oh, yeah. They were outstanding. Because like. it used to be on Friday because Moncrief was on one night and yeah. Barry Murphy was on the other that's night. Right, that's right, yeah. 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 What a great show. Oh, the Reginald Pern, was it? Reginald Pern. The rise and fall of Reginald Pern, right. yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah, yeah, much better than Raising Damp. It was Leonard Rossiter, wasn't it? Was the actor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. Have we veered off? Um, Did you turn your I'm, phone off? Oh well, I I put it on silent. <laughs> Is that okay? No. I hope you fucking ring now. <laughs> <laughs> don't take your hand out of your pocket because I want you to put it on silent now. That's not my hand. It's <laughs> <laughs> That's not your pocket. Wait a second. <laughs> I can't help being reminded, but I'm reminded of jokes. But, you know. I just read phones ringing and things. This is this, this uh, Dublin woman, and um, she's pregnant, and um, she's in a cab, and her water's breaking. So she rings her, Mama, me water broke. She goes, Where are you ringing from? Uh, ringing from me fanny to me ankles, man. Boom! There goes our chances of getting a gig in Dublin. I know. <laughs> Ever again. How did you go down when you played there? Did they enjoy you? Or do you remember? It's quite a while ago. Like, I remember the two gigs. Remember, we did the the hostel. What was that? Isaac Butts was the hostel. What was downstairs from that? Um, I think it was called the Isaac Butts, wasn't it? I think it was. It was a, lo- a long, kind of semicircular, mm. cobblestone kind of building. But yeah, we always got kind of like, I think the early days Luke playing with, as the Messiahs. Like yeah. it was just all these kind of like showcase gigs, okay, yeah. and then after Hope's Noise, I mean, Hope's Noise we played for like there was like a few things in the game endurance and stuff like that. Mm. But it was always a mismatch, and then I think we started playing with a lot of hardcore bands, okay. which we were totally mismatched again. But we seemed, but we seemed to go down okay with them. But it was always a mismatch, yeah, yeah. you know. And then the last, then those things like the the working class heroes, okay, no, they had no interest. Really, no, none. Working class heroes had no interest. No. And again, like it was like again playing with once the bands. watch. You know, we did that yeah. once the watch thing. Yeah, we played that. Did we play that? No, never played that. We <laughs> played Wheelins. Remember, we played Wheelins on a Sunday yeah. night. A dog. Oh. There's actually a stereotype yeah. dog yeah. and a man in the audience. Yeah, that was, was like, it. Well, Three people. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Drive up, play the gig Sunday night, drive back. I'm new Messiahs. Yeah, yeah. God, it's soul destroying. Oh, it really yeah. is soul crusher. Ah man, like <laughs> if I th- I think if it was if I'd been in a band with anyone else. We'd have given up a long time ago. Like all our gear got burnt in Blackpool. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Poor Mark, I still remember that. That poor he. Yeah, he's geez, the he only one in Cork trying anything at that point. He'd got yeah, everything he going. Got really <sighs> let down by the insurance company, yeah. as far as I know. Yeah. You know they they really he really he, he was genuinely trying. You know, but fucking fireman. Oh man, did you lose all everything? 
Well, I got the, the bridge and a few strings of my Mexican <laughs> Telecaster back eventually. My, but uh, my first base was the only <laughs> I survived. The yeah. Yeah. Your the first base? They bought for fifty pounds. Oh. That's your survival. They still have it. Louis got half a symbol, I think. Yeah, so we are. But Crowley's were great to us. They um you know it's you know to be honest, we owe quite a lot to Crowley's yeah. after that. They they it's sad to seem closed actually. Oh, I was. Um they they took us on. They took us in, I should say took us on. They took us in. <laughs> <laughs> this was the first MMA fight. Yeah. <laughs> I was eliminated first in the really? first yeah. round. <laughs> But they get Breen went wild. He's like a biting people. <laughs> <laughs> but um, they gave us eight grand worth of gear <laughs> really? on higher purchase. They gave us about seven months to pay it back, which was it was the know, most was, it was the most never never I've ever experienced because they were very good. You'd come into them some weeks and go, "Sorry, nothing there. Here's twenty quid." Grand, grand, grand. Really they were flexible. Sound, yeah, yeah, they were really nice, and it is. I think if we'd had to buy instruments after that. It would have been. Well, I hope his noise would be definitely plus one piccolo player anyway, <laughs> one recorder player. <laughs> we wouldn't. I don't. I, I really don't think we'd. If and the fundraiser that was organised, you know, because um, it wasn't just us. Obviously, there was waiting room lost something. And what was it calling it? My cork is on fire, isn't it? <laughs> or no? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if I don't think if we had got those that chance from Crowley's, I don't think we'd have stopped playing well because yeah, I don't yeah. think we would have afforded to buy an no. instrument. And we were going to go, what were we doing anyway? Yeah. Playing crap gigs, and we were playing crap. So I honestly thought that was it. I remember meeting you in the Oriel. I said, That's it, we're gone. Like, we're gone, yeah. well, what can we do from here? But you were at first, you said, No, something's going to happen, like, you know, be positive. And it's true, like, you know, if, yeah, and if it wasn't for them, I don't know what we'd have done. Yeah. Oh, but there it. was a break too in between that time before we came to New Size anyway, wasn't there? Hmm? There was a break. No, no, but the, the, the fire happened while we were in New Size. I know that, but before we stepped... We, well, I was in college for a year. Yeah. We didn't right, do anything for a year. That's right, yeah, yeah. So I remember not playing music for a year and at the start I was thinking, oh, this is great. <laughs> this is brilliant, you know, I just, I just saw all this free time. And then you get bored by it, then you start playing again and you get sick of it again. I think it's only in the last... Since that first American tour, I think this when we all really seemed to lock into it. Mm. That was that would be my thinking on it. Sure. Mm. Yeah. If only we knew then what we know now, <laughs> <laughs> we'd be great. Would you Would you have moved sticks? Would you have upped and gone somewhere if you If you did, know then what you don't know. States. States. I think we'd have gone west coast. Yeah. You know, just. Yeah, I'd have gone east coast and commuted, but. <laughs> 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 Oh man! Of course, right. and you would too. You know you would like. <laughs> I'm on my way. <laughs> Traffic's a nightmare. I mean, I'm in yeah. trouble there on the Rockies. I'll be over there in five minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it I seems to be like you. You would have to up sticks and kind of. Oh, you would. Yeah. But Lon- that, London, that, maybe as well. Would London? No, I don't. I don't think we. I don't think we'd have fit in London. But you could have changed your song to fit in. Leather pants, fucking. No, I think like that's the other thing from the first tour. We discovered there were bands that did what we did, you know, okay. and we want we phone bands that we that played music we wanted to be involved with, you know. And yeah. I think the West Coast would have been where we would have gone. Yeah. Um, the other thing that we noticed big time in the West Coast is that a town could have seven venues you could play. Yeah, yeah. All small little places, a restaurant during the day, but after seven, 
they move all the tables out and there's a and they so like we played a couple of places twice once on the way up and once again on the way down two different venues mm. and you're looking at the the size of a place like Cork mm. it's getting less, less and less in places less than Cork. we can play Arcata. Yeah, yeah, but just, my point being, basically a you have a place that, yeah, but you have a place the size of Cork, and we can't mm. get enough venues. Yeah, oh, sorry, yeah. You know, to it's uh, mad that even the place I know it's one way of looking at, but another way, you know, that there are venues still catering for a place as small as Cork that they will cater for fucking wildness as well. You know, like mm. Freds and Bradleys and stuff that yeah. you can get away with playing fucking chaos. <laughs> <laughs> but they get nothing but yeah. grief for their for their efforts. Like it's yeah. that perception about. Like you stand outside Fred's and you just see people's reaction when they walk by. It's like they hear the music coming well, out. People in cars are kind of looking. You know, at yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm not a metal fan. I'm, I I like metal, certain metal, but I wouldn't be as let's say into it as Pat and Louis. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, Jesus, it, it, there was a point I believed it was from the devil. You know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and as Pat, <laughs> Pat played me Sepultura one day in his room. What was a obituary, obituary, sorry. <laughs> One of my less enlightened friends the, would, would would call it uh, debt to the holy chicken type music. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 I wouldn't mind, but the same guy actually loves metal himself, like but um <laughs> It was actually it was actually Paul O'Leary came up with that yeah, term. Just, yeah. <laughs> debt to the holy chicken. Yeah, what do you listen to? It's pure debt to the holy chicken type shit. <laughs> <laughs> Which, <laughs> I gotta get him off for the next. Which which became a, a term for for metal. <laughs> but even Dan or Dana White was saying there, like you know, one of the one of the fighters wanted to come into heavy music in the, the and it was in the press conference. He was like, "We finally let fucking whoever Matt Brown come into his fucking kill your family music." But that's the perception they have, mm. and they go, "There must be all lunatics and Freds and you know, not nice people." Well, there are some lunatics in there, like but ninety nine percent of the people are, are good are good people, yeah, like, yeah. you know. They just like metal. Yeah. Or they like heavier music or you know, and a lot of time in there they play a lot of cheesy rock. So, you know, it's mm. But you cross over in fairness when you think of it, like there's a lot of lads who would be into heavy stuff that would really love your music as well, you know. But I think that's the cork scene. You wouldn't get that in Dublin. No? No. I don't think so. You get it in Galway. The closest scene we've we've experienced outside of Cork is mm. Galway. Yeah. Similar time. People are all in different types of bands and they all come to each other's gigs. I suppose the biggest, the bigger your sample, the more likely you are to fall into your niches. Like in the states, like Hostel Come Over Us and us could not have gone into the Ritz and played a soiree. You know, mm. we're in our niche. The type of people who go to the gigs are all into that type of music. Yeah, but yeah, you yeah. want your your Burt Bacharach or your Conway Twitty, you have to go somewhere else, you know, yeah. or your your killers, you have to go somewhere else, you know. It's, but in Cork, it's just such a small pool. Like Every, you know. yeah, everyone and anyone thrown in together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a like, meet Ghost of Medina and Hope is Noise gigs. Yeah. You know, there was a few of those yeah. and everybody was there, yeah. you know. Daniel O'Donnell and Hope yeah. is Noise at one stage. <laughs> like, oh. Can't wait to play with Pony. <laughs> that was one of my questions. <laughs> one of my close-up questions would be, what is your favourite band in Cork with an animal-related name. <laughs> that, sound, that sounds like Inspector Morse. <laughs> <laughs> run, run that by me. <laughs> Ru- I think it has to be Ruby Horse, a band from the oh, 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 Boom! Boom! Mm-hmm. Horse's noise is going to be something special, though, isn't it? Yeah. Horsey noise. Horse's noise. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Literally, just horses' noises. <laughs> you can't get away with a band name in Cork, can you? you just no, can't. you can't. No. No. Where'd you come up with Hope is Noise? Why did you change your name, oh, actually? That's actually a good story. Yeah, my drink got spiked. <laughs> seriously. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I was at a Carlsberg tasting thing. With the roundy, was it? Yeah. And I went to get the bus home to Ballincollig. I say it was, what, half eight, nine, maybe ten bus. Man, I got to the bus, man. I was sweating profusely. Fuck. I, I, I just felt really weird. I took off my shirt at one stage. I vomited. Oh, I don't know. And I sent a text to an ex-girlfriend. And the end of the text was, Hope is noise, all hope is noise. <laughs> and it became the name of a song for a while. But then when we went to change, we didn't like the new Messiahs. After a while, we were kind of going, yeah. there's nothing messianic about us, really. Yeah. You know? And we're not. <laughs> and we're not. Ever liked it. Well, I don't think we ever liked it. It was just and it was something. Us, we weren't that new anymore, either. Even if we had <laughs> Jesus-like qualities. Like we like were we had, Messiahs. Like another guy who's probably instrumental in us still playing today is a guy called Chris Morales. He was a singer in... Uh, yeah, that's the that hiatus I was telling, telling you about earlier. He actually, he got us kind of excited again about playing. And yeah, he turned up my door one day. He, he, was, after, he was after selling everything in America, moving over to uh, follow a girl. Um, the girl's brother was a friend of ours. Mm. And he, he happened to mention, oh, the lads have a band. And we hadn't played in a year, over a year. He turned up my door one night and said, who are any of you a band I? Yeah, obviously in a strong American accent, not this type of accent. Yeah, you're a band, boy. Come out of my way. Give us, give us a bang off your band, yeah. You play the fucking spree, you dear. got a fucking dance that lungs me anyway. I love singing. Gee, Dan, do you have a band? And he said, yeah. And I think we started jamming the next week. We got together and he started singing. We started writing again and... I, I think we've been doing it ever since, okay. you know. Yeah. Then he left and we had to go, right, we need to change the band name and we need to refocus. And we played one gig, um, the Jazz Funeral. Oh, was yeah. it 2004. Yeah. And uh, Leo, in fairness, mm. Leo, sung, yeah, oh, right. brilliant. Leo, Leo is another unsung hero, you know. Oh. But he was fighting a battle there a lot of times, you know, mm. to get... He was getting really, really kind of drained of it by the end, remember? Um, but he put, he asked us to play and we basically said to ourselves before that gig if this gig goes bad we're done because mm. you know Chris had left and I wasn't that interested in going through another band humiliation <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Yeah. but the gig went really well and we had a couple of new songs I think we had Head and Clouds and I think people really responded to that song yeah. um, the, the original Hope Was My song the song that was called Hope Was My we played okay. that yeah because that was originally a song okay what's well, yeah. like the that became a we need another generation yeah. to die yeah. on the second That's one. right. That yeah. song was originally Hope Is Noise. Okay. Um, but, uh, it's a good name. It's hard to take the piss out of it. <laughs> I think that's all. Well, it's it's well, definitely we, hard often, to mispronounce it to Hopeless Noise. Yeah, we've been called yeah. Hopeless Noise. We turned up a gig in LA on the second tour and we were as Hope Is Pain from, <laughs> from the UK. <laughs> <laughs> we're Hope Is Pain from the UK. <laughs> <laughs> you want your hardcore? We, we did meet the guy who played uh, the rabbit in Donnie Darko, though. Oh, really? Yeah, he was in the pub. Who else? The the I met I met the, the burger out of McDonald's. <laughs> 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 I 
Are you sure you didn't go into McDonald's and buy a burger? That actually, no, in hindsight. <laughs> <laughs> it's burger's really quiet. What's wrong with you, boy? Are you a burger? <laughs> Are you hot in there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, sorry, boys. So well, yeah, you're artists. You love art and stuff. <laughs> Series artists. With crayons. <laughs> Side projects. It's moving swiftly along. Slow mo. Shit band. <laughs> it's, a, it's an onomatopoeic name. Slow mo. Slow mo. <laughs> but you are heroes. Yeah. I boss. Slow is, motion that, is that still going, is it? Yeah, yeah, we've, yeah, yeah. the album's done. Okay, so... It'll be out on September 25th. Joe Whoa. and Dan, you were the only two from Hope is Noise and That, wasn't it? Yeah. That's mm. right, yeah. yeah. Pats are back up, uh, xylophone player. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm. Still waiting my chance. Yeah, it could happen. <laughs> yeah, <'cause> I feel <laughs> it. And Slow Mo got a bit of recognition, didn't they? The Irish Times had a piece on you at some stage, didn't it? Yeah, again, I think it's a typical problem with cork bands. It mm. takes us a while to actually get into the whole PR marketing side of things, you know. Mm. Um, did you go about, did Did you get into it quicker, say, for slow motion than you did for Hope is Noise? Did you kind of go, did you cop onto it and go, okay? We did, we, but we also went through a hell of a lot of changes, you know. Mm. Like we've had, we're a five piece now, but we were at one stage a nine piece. Like, okay. You know, we've lost people, we've gained guitarists, lost guitarists. You know, uh, yeah, it's been like, so the, f- like we've been together now, what is it? Seven years? Seven years. Really? Yeah. Seven yeah, years? Yeah, imagine years, it. Because like. was it Noel and yourself started it? Was no, it? no, Noel and uh, Barry from Rulers of the Planet. Oh, okay, okay. Barry yeah. McAuliffe, they, they had a talk one day in a poet, I think, and they said, I want to start a band like Codeine. Okay. And we were so nothing like Codeine, no. but... <laughs> But, uh, I suppose you have to have some sort of template, that type yeah. of yeah, and that started and then we all got calls you know so Joe got I got a call mm. John Mead got a call and Barry or sorry Brian from Brian O'Sullivan or no is it Brian O'Sullivan mm. it was yeah, yeah. Um, and Antoine and then Antoine because he had a hammered organ oh, yeah. something exotic you yeah. know <laughs> but it's yeah it's pretty much man we've just been you know we you know just Things have been changing, so we've we, we've just taken our sweet ass time about mm. it. But again, it's something we've done at our own pace. Is yeah. it a similar ethos in that band? No, it's probably no, no, no. It'll be a much more pro, I would say. Is a gentle, okay. you know a much more kind of take it seriously kind of um, mentality. Mm. Whether uh, it's probably hard to shake the hope is noise ethos out of myself and Joe sometimes. Like oh, but uh, <laughs> would you go away with your right notes? Would you? I'm playing the way I want to. <laughs> you know, he's right. Dan's right in a certain way. Like you know, there's some of the lads are really, really, really experienced and have actually, you know, been successful. Yeah. In music and like, I suppose they don't you know, what they have to do as well. You know, the drummer was in cycle flight. He was. Yeah. That's right. Like it's um, a different level. Like mm. it's a totally different level. But it's again, it's where. It, 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 it's a different type of band than let's mm. say Hope is Noise we're four lads if the if the band broke up tomorrow we'd probably still mm. hang out um, like w- 
we still move in this like we all grew up in Ballincollig and we all mm. live pretty much 10 minute drive from each other yeah. you know there's yeah. we haven't really gone very far but I say if slow motion broke up our lives can be very different and jamming was the only thing that was bringing us together hope it's like it seems like as a consequence of just being mates like you yeah I think so mm. and it took us you know seven eight years to go almost oh. even not even as a consequence at the same time yeah. the friends was the, the friends was the band the band was the friends you yeah, know yeah. especially for me to Dan and me to Pat you know and yeah. Louis I suppose to Dan because I was actually friends with Louis before Dan from yeah. just hanging around in the same patch of school yeah, yeah. but it's it, it happened the same time I, no... I, I met Louis because we had to sit next to each other in physics he was Angelini I was Breen that oh, was it yeah. and we had already three of us been doing something at that stage and then Louis just said one day I'd like to be a drummer okay <laughs> exactly exactly the, ha- the happy accident of the alphabet we now refer to that as <laughs> name, that's the name of the new album the alphabet accident <laughs> something about soup <laughs> or spaghetti <laughs> alphabetic spaghetti what else was there there was cortex and slug bay pat mm. man that last cortex gig was fucking disgusting and brilliant and beautiful enough. <laughs> and it was so good. It's the first time I think I've seen a band play with Rev that made Rev seem a little less heavy, you know? <laughs> yeah. The end of it, my God, with the drum, oh my God, it was unreal, man. Yeah, I think no, that was Noah's trying to do that for the whole the moment of gigs we played that band. I think that's what he, that's how he wanted to end it. Really? So yeah, I think he finally got his chance. But again, that's yeah, Noel, yeah. Noel's creation again. But I mean, I think just like there was too many, it was like 11 of us mm. again at one stage. I think fiddled down over a year and a half, two years we were together. Mm. But I mean, all of us, that band was just designed to cause mayhem. Mayhem, yeah. Yeah, intimidate. You caused mayhem, didn't you? If you yeah. yeah, we were banned from two venues, banned from Dublin, banned from Limerick. Sexy, that but, was um, a bit of it. There was blood drawn. There was actually was blood drawn in most of those was, gigs. Was that Tenterhooks, was it? Yeah, Tenterhooks. But um, yeah, I think it was, it was an intense band. It was the most intense band I've ever played in. Like, mm. used jams were stressful gigs were stressful and like it was like gigs I think they were like exorcism like I mean I was broken for like three days before yeah. it. I think all that but I mean we loved doing it but uh, it took a lot yeah. out of us you know yeah. I think the, so the, the lifespan was never going to be I suppose even to the fact that the numbers is so you know yeah. 11 people it's yeah. even a hard time to juggle all those personalities yeah trying get, to get a jam together whatever trying, exactly yeah. trying to get a jam and then feed you all in one room <laughs> yeah. but the amazing thing is that you know the music all comes from Noel's head like, yeah, yeah. You, know. you can hear it man because you can hear I remember talking to Noel once before and he's like you know he's always saying that octaves are his thing you know because you and you hear the octaves in Rev and but uh, and this something similar in in the cortex but yeah you, it's it's got no step and yeah. moving to the sharp yeah moving down to the sharp it's just mm-hmm. Noel's got this, this it's just this lovely Noel progression I think yeah. that, it just moves into a really dark place on yeah, the way yeah. down, and it's yeah. it, it, yeah. it's, well, it's, it's no, it's a he, no way predictable. Like it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's like apart obviously from Chris and his um, at Crowley's. Yeah, Noel is probably the the single biggest influence on this band. Yeah, uh, and he's influenced a lot of fucking bands. In fairness, mm. I remember you said to me one day I think it was the it was the ten year gig in Fred's, and you were like, when Noel comes in, he just it just produces golden chaos. That's how you described it. It's like, <laughs> It is. It's. It, 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 um, like he saw us when we played. Uh, Wolf Hound. The Wolfhound. Mm. Uh, he was the barman there, and like we were the new messiahs then, and he was always going on about one riff, 
one riff. I like that riff he do at the end of the song. He was he just knew mm. if like he if he hears something he likes, he'll remember it and um but like yeah, he's been a huge, huge yeah. influence, you know. Like Pat used to get records off him when Open Ballincollig back in the day. 15. Really? Yeah, yeah he, was, he was the only guy with Carcass and. Oh, really? Yeah, like Prophecy of Doom and all these old. Fuck me. Man. Yeah, so I just called up to his gaff. Like, uh, he just, like, I, he had really long hair at the time. And yeah. yeah, he just gave me a load of records. You know, I just bring him, like, he'd give you about 20 records going home. Really? Yeah, stuff like, you know, I was blown away. Like, I never heard any of this stuff. Yeah. You know, so he kind of got me to all that kind of stuff. But then, you know, usual story, you know, he was older, so, like, you know, yeah. I didn't see him for a couple of years and stuff. But until he, until he was working in Wolfhound, like, and he, yeah, there was one particular riff. And he, he cornered one of us, the two of us inside the, the oval one night. I said, lads, that's what you need to do. They said, there's no one else playing that kind of thing that we did. We did this kind of chant at the end of the song yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no one probably was, like, you know, like, that kind of stuff, like what Slug they used to do, you yeah. know, that kind of chant. So, yeah, in one song, and he said, that's the way you need to go. Yeah. You know, and kind of, like, and we were, yeah, I said, because we were fun. That song was probably one of our favorites anyway. Yeah. And we did, we, you know, we started trying that more, mm. you know. But I, the fact that someone actually came up and said it to us, because mm. at the time everybody was known to, you know, we were new. Mm. Nobody paid any attention, yeah. you know. Uh, there's, you know, probably a lot of new bands go through at that stage. It was also the time Rest mm. and Ten Past Seven were, yeah. you know, really making it. Like, I remember hearing about te- going to see Ten Past Seven. They were, they were, what, they were only, what, 17 at that stage? Mm. Yeah. Like, at this stage, we had Rest supported us one night. Uh, we were, they were called Wretch. Yeah, you know, and they blew us off the stage as a three piece. I think their bass player couldn't make it, and Steve played bass and just like, and Joe was away, I think. And so we did it as a three piece as well, and we were so bad. Like, oh, yeah, you know, demoralized. <laughs> <laughs> but seeing 10 past seven, w- we were very much aware that we weren't a getting the same numbers that they were getting to gigs, and definitely was, weren't, wasn't producing the same type of energy at gigs, you yeah. know. Um, so for have someone like Noel to go up and actually recognize yeah. something and what we thought was a very weak yeah nobody at it kind of thing you know um was great and I'm sure he's been supporting us pretty much ever since yeah, like man. you know uh, and he like as you said a lot of bands in Cork you know yeah it's like it's, it's the Noel Lynch seal of approval which is you know it's it, it might sound cliched but you know it's 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 a nice thing to have yeah. you know I remember Minnie was saying that uh, in the uh, that he did an interview for was it I don't know what he did maybe the Echo or something but he was saying you know there's nothing like a learning curve like you know s- playing with one of Nolan's just bands and getting fucking blown off the stage and you kind of go oh yeah that's what we need to be doing you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah it's true though no, it is it is yeah. like like we'd play a gig and we'd say oh that's, that was great it was good energy it was good and then we'd, you'd hear Rev and you'd mm. kind of go we weren't that great. We were probably one of the best bands to ever come uh, in the country. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt, Kieran, yeah. Fucking hell. So we all loved them, like, yeah. since day one, we all, I mean, years we all saw them first, like. Yeah. I remember they played in the Pav, was it, was it some band competition? I remember Noel was fucking so pissed <laughs> off with the bass sound. But it was just, you know, when you can go wild to a local band, you know, you've got something, you know, yeah. like, people can be reserved in the audience, like, yeah, but yeah. then when you yeah. see people just lose their fucking mind, you're like, these fuckers have it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Pity, like. Mm. Cortex is is that done or is there a chance of it coming back? Um, I think they're coming the back is the ticks. What the ticks? Yeah. Yeah. Or call, <laughs> call maybe that's it. Call. I think this item might play <laughs> one a year. Oh. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> 
See, you're kind of a name card. Get him any bad name, it'll be fun. <laughs> the best has to be Satan's arse. Noel actually was in that for a while, wasn't he? Like <laughs> you can be in that band for like a couple of hours because you oh, really? just bring people up on stage. Yeah. Isn't it? Fitzy was in it as well. Fitzy was yeah. the main. I think he was the main guy. Yeah. And there were some great bands in Cork actually when you think back. Yeah, Captain Insano. Brilliant. They used to fucking drive places mentally. Oh. Yeah. I remember seeing Barry Tron first. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> that drumming, fucking unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, those gigs are wild. I mean, that, that's the same time we kind of started. You know, yeah, we, saw yeah, those, yeah. we saw what they were doing going, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I'll eat your face. I'll eat your face, yeah. You know, we played a lot of gigs with them. Mm. They'd have been... like There was a great scene when mm. we were kind of starting out. Um, it was def- very busy around 05, 06, because I remember yeah. GOM started around yeah. then as well. It was like, fuck, there was bands every... Everywhere. There was gigs. Mm. Every yeah. pub was putting on a gig, you know. Yeah. Um, and like they, Any they, weekends, they, just, just quad every weekend for a gig. Yeah. You yeah. know, but the quad, quad had, great gigs. The, but the quad did a great policy. You yeah. know what I mean? They were prepared to have the bad nights because they know they'll get a lot of good nights. You yeah, know. Yeah. Whereas most venues now tend to get, they don't want bad nights. Mm. You know. But I think running a venue, you have to take that risk. Like mm. you know. With Fred's in the quad, like we'd be totally and utterly. We'd have had nowhere to play if it wasn't for Fred's in the quad. No, we don't the quad. Fred's, mm. Bradley's. Now, thankfully, over the last couple of years or a couple of months, we've played a couple of new places we've never played before. Crane the Triscoll. Yeah. We've played, oh, we played the Crane Lane a good bit, yeah. yeah. Down through the years. Because, um, yeah, you did that the last album, well, not the Under Friendly Fire. You played three gigs in one night, wasn't it? Yeah. That was mad. It was kind of a. Uh, uh, um, that, that whole idea is, again, capture people's imagination, yeah. you know. Like what do we do? The first album, that we just, we just need to do something that's rather than just playing a gig. So we did that. Then the for the the used to be a laugh. We put on a festival, a weekend festival. Like you know, we got a load of bands to play. Nice. That was great. And we raised nine grand. Really? For not nine grand. Was it nine oh, grand? No. Nine hundred. Sorry. Yeah. You know that went to charity. Um, and it's just been trying to do something different every time. I'm not sure what we're going to do this time. Mm-hmm. We're hoping to have a DVD. Mm. with the launch and kind of launched the album and the DVD together what are you or, planning to do was it a someone told me that you were going to get other bands to record your songs or something that was a plan uh, but again like most plans you need to be on people's arses mm. constantly to get get anything and we're not that type of yeah. operators yeah. we ask you once or twice and you know we'd, we and we totally understand that people are busy and stuff you know but maybe if you set a fucking timeline though it kind of got yeah people out. are asking about it that's it, like, yeah, yeah, it if you have to push it yeah as you said Karen yeah give me a timeline Price Price the time goes yeah. to the best cover that's well I suppose here we'll announce it here timeline yeah. anytime this year exclusive man mm. anytime this year just do uh, <laughs> do hope it's nice send it on time <laughs> you have to give you have to say like September by October no October by no October. it's too weird man to, even to get a decent recording of it That's we'd cool. want to go maybe end of the year make it a Christmas thing but sure the thing is um, they're not organising I sound like a big nagger now but you know I sent I got on to people last year you know so I, you, we're not okay. I, I'm not going to be just keep constantly annoying people like you mm. know because it's not like we've been uh, saving the world with our music you know yeah. it was just an idea we threw out there you know <laughs> <laughs> hey do you want to record a hope is noise song yeah <laughs> do you have interest in instruments do you like arts 
And underpants. Gee, <laughs> Jam, there's a lot of underpants uh, here. Do you like elephants? Do you like trains? Then you love New Elephants and Trains magazine. <laughs> do you ever hear that sketch? No. Oh, it's, who did that sketch? It's Peter Serafinovitz. He's a. Oh, man, he's yeah, fucking a funny the, man. Look around you, fella. Like, yeah. oh. He's cool, man. Okay, before you go and play another song, what's the next song you're going to play? Let it be a surprise. Okay. 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 A few questions. Best gig you've ever played and worst gig you've ever played? Mitchell Stone for let's do a three to Mitchell Stone mm, Festival. Yeah. Uh, the year of Mantua, which was two thousand seven. The independence. We yeah. played one of the very first independence on the square. Oh yeah. Mitchell Stone boat. Myself and Joe had been playing with El Bastardo the night before up in Mantua. Oh fuck. Joe had lost his keys. So all our gear was in his car, still up in Mantua. So we got a lift down to play in Mitch's town, turned up, we had no gear, we were covered in mud. Oh no God. tuners, nothing. And we played like and absolute children. And I've heard since that, uh, I heard from somebody who knows the guy who runs, or knows people involved, that they still talk about that gig. Really? Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, we just bundled into the the side of the stage and just drank all the beers. We'd load of friends, we'd get yeah. them all the beers. And brought them all back and just started oh. drinking, yeah. And we had well, no well. right to because we just played the probably the worst gig ever <laughs> but we walked <laughs> we were so <laughs> depressed after it oh we were hung over I could, I could barely tell and they've never asked us back <laughs> I think we played a few oh we've asked a couple of times no, right. never gonna you're gonna go we're actually better now <laughs> yeah. we kind of know what we're doing mm. but yeah, kind of disaster, best yeah. gig you've ever played Worst gig though, another one. New, <laughs> new market. There's no good gigs. Really. Oh, <laughs> new market. New market. Yeah. Oh yeah. Man, we played a gig with the Rulers of the Planet on New Market. Um, you know, a couple of the band at the time were from the New Market, uh, from New Market, so they were hoping for a big crowd. Nobody turned up, right? Um, at the time, Joe was in a covers band. High voltage. Nice <laughs> enough. <laughs> and like. Joe was humming and hawing all week that he had a gig that night with the covers band and he wasn't going to Newmarket. Then he said, look, I'll go down and play the gig with ye. So he, he came down, but then he got down and he got changed his mind. So he goes, lads, I'm going back to play with the cover band. <laughs> Just don't get it. So it was myself, Pat, Louis on drums and Chris, the American singer. Uh, we started off and it was terrible. And uh, then the power cut, the whole venue, oh the pub gone. Um, we were playing to the band and in fairness to the rulers, they were being polite like, you know, really polite. Anyway, the gig was all around crap. Everyone went to go home. We had no lift because Joe was our lift. So we ended up, I think we gave the bass to the rulers and they took the bass home, did they? Yeah, and they kind of forgot about us. Like, <laughs> so it was me and, two, two, and Ken. And Ken. The body was just left there in the middle of <laughs> So we ended up going to the, the, the nightclub in Newmarket. <laughs> I had a mohawk, sleeveless t-shirt and uh, kind of Bermuda things on. Oh. Up, up, up and away new market <laughs> and then we couldn't get a cab after that finished at half two or whatever so we had to we kind of hung out outside the, the, the club kept ringing oh it'll be seven o'clock it'll be seven sure enough about seven half seven a taxi finally pick, came to pick us so up we were falling asleep outside the club just oh god that was terrible yeah. I was awful so that was probably that's another worst that's another worst but we could fill the whole show with worst <laughs> game <laughs> yeah. I remember playing a gig once with Gom over the Crucial it was a one of the all their things, you know, the kiddie things. Oh, you know, yeah. But I remember, like, there was a load of young bands and the kids were going mad for them, you know, and we were like, 
he got up like two old Egypts. <laughs> there was just like <laughs> four people at the railing looking at us. That was it. There was no one else. And we started in about two minutes. They just went. They just walked out. <laughs> we were like playing to like one person. For <laughs> half an hour. I was like, you've got to know your audience. <laughs> Jeez, man, they're so cruel. It was brilliant. I was like, fair play to you for not staying around. Your riffs are too complicated. They're they they too complicated for me. Your face is too mm. complicated. My life is too complicated. Well, we've hopefully made it easier for you tonight. It's too complicated. I don't, I don't even know where we're going. Where is my face gone? <laughs> Best gig probably Wembley. Wembley was it? <laughs> yeah, nineteen eighty seven Genesis. <laughs> Four days in a row. He actually made Phil Collins actually made the stadium levitate. Well, that's what he told them. But who was to know the difference? Because they were all inside along with Genesis. So maybe it did levitate. Who knows? Maybe it's levitating right now. If this is a live show, you could say, please te- do you text five one text yes or no to five one four seven nine to tell us did you, you see s- Wembley levitating that night? <laughs> How do you set up one of those numbers five one four seven nine? Was was there a football <laughs> stadium? <laughs> was there a football stadium floating past your house at any stage in nineteen eighty seven? Email answers to noise at gmail.com <laughs> No lads, no, there wasn't. <laughs> Best gig. <laughs> back, back to reality. <laughs> 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 People are going to be like, will this ever end? Will this ever end? I'm going to have to edit. We're up to an hour 32, and you still have to play the last song. <laughs> Best album you've ever bought, Joe. Boom. Ah, on the spot. Gone. Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys. <laughs> Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys, it has to be. Pinkerton. Then. Pinkerton Weezer. Therapy, baby tea. Oof, nice answer. Mm, that's my favourite. Favourite tune ever. Joe. Thanks, your answer. <laughs> There's just too many of them, but John Farnham, you're the voice, is a close first and second. <laughs> Let's research that. <laughs> you're the voice, try and understand it. Make oh. a noise and take. I, I've seen this dude so many times. That's the one. Oh, there you go, girl. Hit that note. Sticks and Stones, our side project. Our side project. It'll be Sticks all and harmonies and fucking washboard. We need to explain that to people. Myself and Pat are on the sticky side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Kieran and our good friend, Fluffy John. <laughs> Johnny the Bone. <laughs> Is that what he's calling him? I used to be I used to be an archaeologist with John back in the day. Really? We dug down in Dungalvin. Dungalvin. And uh there were so many Johns on site, he became known as Fluffy John. Fluffy John. Because he had this kind of mad hairstyle. No idea. Chicken arse hairstyle, is it? No, it was kind of spiky. I think it was individually. Favourite tune, then? LAX, Hot Snakes. <laughs> Did you just do that noise to me? Or were you thinking? Is <laughs> <laughs> it Deus Hotel Lounge? We should go out on a song. This would be unprecedented. We could sing something. Yeah, sing something. Get something. Mm-hmm. But you can Bring sing, Kern. Oh, three. Yeah, three. Three. Come on. Let's go. Over. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm ready to throw, throw the gloves off there. No, I'm just going to take my... I'm just going to throw oh. the gloves off there. Oh, now her. <laughs> They're your jocks. Why are they so heavy? <laughs> Full of shit. You just about to go you sing there a while ago. Underpants. After that. Let's pick a song. Yeah, what are we going to sing? Okay. You, you sing a song? Do so. 
something nice.
empty words are Empty words are They're all I have They're all I have They're all I have They're all I have And we Two words are